You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by Squarespace, the easy-to-use website builder. Try it out at squarespace.com and enter offer code SCOOP at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis. Fresca. Jared Petty's here. Howdy. Sam Claiborne is here. Hey, listen. We've got, a, says. we've got a great show planned for you today. We've got to talk about video game buddies. We've got to talk about video game eyes. Whoa. Literally. Ooh. But first, lots of Nintendo news this week. They already announced their new console. <laughs> <clears throat> they kind did. Uh, the big news was that they're partnering with Japanese mobile game developer and publisher DNA to finally bring Nintendo games to smartphones, but they also stressed that they're not abandoning dedicated video game hardware, and to prove it, they said they're already working on their next. Yeah, they linked those two topics together to make sure people understood that their premium games would come to their consoles and their own hardware, whereas something that I suppose is a form of non-premium game would be coming to iPhone. Now, actually, Iwata did an interview today with Timeware, and he walked that back a little bit and said, hey, we want to make premium games, you know, for for home consoles, but that doesn't mean our iPhone games are going to be free to play always. They're actually going to be any type of pricing structure possible and that uh, they're going to uh, just really match that type of game. Game, Are we we talking about the console first or mobile? Let's talk about the console first. The NX. The codename the NX, which some people speculate may may stand for a Nintendo crossover. That's the rumor. So I wished so hard that uh, Iwata would have pulled an Emperor Palpatine 
and said, we have a fully armed and operational game console. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Here it is. Two it's launching with Zelda. It's got 1080p graphics. It's got all... Well, they've the done, they have done things like crazy in the past. It, it would have been ridiculous timing. But think about the, the DS announcement, which came like three years into the GBA's lifespan. And yes, that was their they third, it the third pillar. pillar. And they called it the third pillar, and I understand that. But but they, that's because they couldn't say, oh, and by the way, we're killing Game Boy. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's why they, they did that. They were hoping it would bridge yeah. the gap between what the Game Boy was and what the GameCube was. Well, Absolutely. The third pillar turned out to be kind of uh, kind of garbage. It kind of turned I mean, out yeah. to be yeah. marketing speak, where it, it was a hedge like the GBA against... fell to the wayside pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, because they weren't sure about the DS. That yeah. was a what big about the micro demon? So they yeah. called it a third pillar in order to, if it was a disaster, they could come out with the GBA 2, and That's then right. everything would have been fine. And yes, there was the Game Boy Micro, which did come out after the DS, and my, one of the most wonderful handhelds ever. But by and large, like once the, the DS was out, yeah. the, the Game Boy Advance line was effectively on life support, and, and it yeah. didn't last much longer after that. They didn't sell a lot of Game Boy Micros. But the uh, the San X. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pr possibly the answer to a struggling Wii U console. Um, the Wii U <clears> is <throat> is not necessarily doing great, and if it's a home console that could do better than the Wii U, I'm... They might phase out the Wii U. I don't think they're going on to phase out the 3DS as much as they want the Wii U. So, if history repeats itself, I would imagine they're aiming to replace the Wii U and not the 3DS. I mean, so. it's, it's really hard to say, but even the 3DS is, obviously it's experienced a lot of success, made a lot of money for Nintendo, but it is on its, like, downward, like, it's, it's selling yeah. less now than it was the 12 months previous. Mm -hmm. And compared so. to the DS, it's nothing. Yeah. The DS yeah. was so immensely popular with hits like Brain Age, and, and you just, yeah. the 3DS has never lived up to that, but the it's the most popular handheld console. Yeah. By a wide margin. By a wide margin, which yeah. means very little against Besides, iPhone. yeah, iPhone. Right. But is this an acknowledgement then? Are they saying, hey, we recognize that it's time to move on, finally and publicly coming well, out and saying they, that? I mean, the Wii U's again, sales think, problems, are they based on the fact that it's underpowered at this point? Because, I think they just wanted to put up a, yeah. we're working on hardware against, we're working on cell phone games. I completely I agree. Whole, I think yeah. it's stating the obvious. It's, uh, what did they say? We're not even going to hear anything more about that console till next year. Yeah. It's sort of like the moment a console comes out, a company's working on the next one. Yeah. And so they just want to make sure that they say that out loud to sort of assuage people's fears. And what yeah. a strangely overt bit of messaging to have them come out and say, yep. oh, we're producing games for one platform, but by the way, that's really to drive your traffic to another. That, that's a well, that's an interesting w bit of, of dancing he had I to do there. I don't think right? they, I don't, I didn't see them spinning it that way. The stockholders well, loved it. I, I, I think they well, did. I, I think it was well done. Uh, but uh, I do, I don't think he came out and said, we're going to make crappy cell phone games. I, Nintendo doesn't want their name on crappy pieces of software. Did that's they why specifically they say that they're making games on smartphones in order to, as a gateway to get people yes, to buy their that's own consoles. That was they, their exact they, language, is that to yeah, push people to the premium initiative. consoles, they want people to have a taste of their IP, which means characters yeah. and software in general on uh, on a wide platform, including mobile, tablet, and PC. Yeah, that was a segment of their messaging. That was not the complete message, but that was definitely something I implied from, from reading the But they hope the that, race. you know, a Kirby uh, Connect 4 game yeah. or match, match Colors game is going to push people to a Kirby adventure, possibly. There is there is precedent for I mean we've consoles have run the gamut from you know being announced and then being launched right away to being announced years before they were ready you know Sony said at one e three hey we're making a handheld game console and like we didn't see anything 
about it mm-hmm. until 12 months later at the, at the following E3. Well, the so. ads for the PlayStation 10 hit, like, in 1999. <laughs> yeah. right? my, my, my favorite is still uh, Sega in uh, 95 with the Saturn, just being like, oh, and by the way, it's in stores. You know, yeah, they're like, exactly. coming out to the pricing, and they're like, yep, it's out there already. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, the Emperor Palpatine thing was a joke. Would have been a gigantic mistake for Nintendo to surprise launch the NX as the Sega Saturn uh, is any indication. Wada described it as a brand new concept, the NX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think and also a, as a as a game console. So when most, <laughs> yeah. not not I'm a set top box, but like that the plays Wii, TV also or something. The Wii was a brand new concept. Yeah, and, so, uh, the Wii U is built around this game. That's pad. all they do now. They're not going to go back like, to the GameCube. And, and maybe that's yeah. maybe that's a good thing. I mean, when Nintendo so says every, a brand new concept, unlike most other companies, I actually believe them. You know, when some people say brand new concept, I get excited. Then I say, and I'm like, oh no, that's just yeah. marketing speak. When Nintendo says brand new concept, it's probably going to be something we've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they have to do that with every new hardware just has to be something yeah. totally brand new. Like, me, yeah. So, you know, you watch his interview with Time, he actually tied that to the core philosophy of Nintendo, mm. is that they don't want to be better at something, they want to be innovative. That's the whole I, that's their whole philosophy now. So let me put some positive spin on that for us. It makes the game industry much more fun to cover. Mm-hmm. And if, if there was just a PlayStation and an Xbox and Nintendo with similar specs, that wouldn't be that fun. So I'm happy they're doing something wacky. But it would be an Xbox or a PlayStation with Nintendo games on it. Well, that's a possibility as well. Which sounds awesome to me. Yeah, I'm also okay with with that universe. But I I do like what Sam's saying. I think it's a good point. Nintendo's never really forgotten that they're a toy company. Uh, That they're in the the business of whimsy and and innovation and creating things that we don't necessarily think of as as video games in the sense of pop a disc in, grab a controller, and go. That's -hmm. that's been great for us. They've had more hits than misses on that. Even, I mean, the Wii U has not sold well. There are a lot of problems with the Wii U. But those problems are mostly about, you know, bad uh, relationships with my friends over over the Internet or, or kind of a slow interface. The games themselves are gold. I mean, it's a wonderful way to play video games. Mm -hmm. My prediction it's going to be a hybrid home and portable console. This is, yeah, I mentioned this yesterday in a talk with Sam. Did you? Uh, yeah, we've probably talked about that before. It just seems they've had s- such success with their handheld devices. It makes sense to me to sort of merge those two. It's like, imagine a Wii U yeah. type system where exactly. the gamepad is portable. Yeah. The Wii U is a portable. step in that direction to begin with. Yeah. So imagine something that uh, you know is more like, depending on which direction they want to go, is more like a 3DS or an iPad when you're on the go. And then you can come home and play, you know, on a television with a controller. Um, yeah. You know, unified it's account an, system, which is where DNA comes in. I'm surprised um, we're not there yet with everybody's home systems. Like the yeah. Vita should be a full, you know, TV ready experience. You know, and mm. I just don't understand why it's not. Well, but poll after poll, we're getting there. Technical. No, good. P- poll after poll seems to indicate that that people play their handheld consoles at home already and have been doing yep. so for several years. I mean, mm. people were playing their PSPs and their Vitas, and even to a large extent, their their DS and, and XLs at home. So, you know, why not? Give it a shot. I like the idea. What does this mean, if anything, for Zelda on Wii U? It's Uh, coming out on Wii U, and they say it's coming out this year. Um, You know what's interesting is that uh, 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 Iwata was asked uh, in an interview uh, that whether uh, Shigeru Miyamoto will be working on mobile games. And he said, no, not right now, because he's working on Wii U games that are all coming out this year. And by that, he presumably meant Mario Maker, Star Fox, and and uh, Zelda, which are all games that are absolutely all they talk about is how they're coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the biggest fact we know about these games. We've seen a little bit of Star Fox, seen a trailer for Zelda and some gameplay. We know what Mario Maker is, but the, the core thing is that they're coming out this year. Mm. Star Fox still doki doki doki. Just, just, I cannot wait for a new Star Fox game. Please be good. Oh, I had temporarily forgotten about Mario Maker. Uh, 
That looks really fun. I Mario. know. Now they added the, th- the Super Mario Brothers 3 <coughs> so Super Mario World stuff. I want to point out, Mario Maker, perfect tablet game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's a good transition point to uh, talk about Nintendo's smartphone plans. Nintendo's stock went up 26% uh, yesterday, not long after they made the announcement mm-hmm. that they were mm-hmm. finally going to bring their IP to smartphones. Mm-hmm. People have been suggesting they should do this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I don't think it necessarily needs to dilute anything that they're doing on uh, the Wii U or their next home console or even the 3DS. Um, it's all about, So people are so mad about it. Like, if you go on forums or IGN comments or anywhere. Mad about Nintendo making games? Oh, yeah, for yeah. Time. You look really surprised by that. Which is like, what, what, what reason do they have to be mad? Like, are they losing anything? Uh, is something, anything being taken away from well, them? I mean, they feel very threatened by mobile gaming and the rise yeah, of mobile yeah, gaming. Yeah, watch out. I think they, they feel threatened by the way mobile games are delivered. That's a lot of it. You know, that with hundreds of mobile games arriving on the App Store every day, if we just consider the iPhone, for example, sure. um, so many good things get buried by, by piles and piles of exploitative crap that get dumped on top of them. But that's never going to be Nintendo's problem. No, it's not. But I think people are acting in an alarmist manner because of that. They don't want to see their beloved properties diluted in that way. They don't so, want to see them lost. So it's two things. It has to do with free-to-play, and it has to do with controls. Mm-hmm. Um, controls I'm not worried about at all, because Nintendo, you know, for any faults that that company has, you know, poor game design is not one of them, has never been one of them, will hopefully probably never yeah, be one of them. Their goal is to develop software for this hardware. They've that's already a, said mm-hmm. that's, the that's the one the thing point. that Nintendo yeah. does better than Every, anyone yeah. is develop software specifically made to take yeah. advantage of hardware. And so I don't think we're going to see... I said Mario Maker would be good, but really only the level building you know, yeah. on mobile. Well, I think, but I think about this. Nintendo pioneered touch controls mm-hmm. and motion controls, which are the only way to put on input yeah. in, a, in, a, in an iPhone. So yeah. I think we'll that see. is what they, they did that first. Like a WarioWare game on mobile. Yeah. Uh, some Animal. people said they didn't want Advance Wars or Fire Emblem, but like I'm playing a game called Banner Saga right now on iPad, yeah. and it's fantastic yeah. on mobile. I, I finished Banner Saga last night. It's really good. It's so good. Are you War- playing it on mobile or on... On, uh, on my... Uh, iPad, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you can back me up on that, right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And think about Who something like... Who wouldn't want to play Advance Wars on their iPad? Advance Wars, Nintendogs, Tamodachi Life, uh, these would all work really well. Brain Age, Mario um, Paint. Mario Paint, but, Mario Paint we, and let's not forget the connectivity edge of this. You know, Nintendo's not, never exactly been great at getting people together over long distances. This could fix that problem. If I have a Mario Paint where I can share my little cartoons and songs with people and sh- have them share them back with me and my friends, that'd be amazing. I'd pay money for that. So connectivity is a big part of their original pitch on on this and that there's some kind of club Nintendo replacement that sounds more like an Xbox Live that's supposed to be across every platform. platform. So that's Mm -hmm. NX, Wii U, 3DS, PC, Game, uh, tablets and mobile. That's six different things. And that's, that's where. supposed to have some kind of shared account, which means you can probably buy your full length Kirby game from your your uh, smaller iPhone. Well, version. that's the hope. I mean, and that's where DNA really comes in. Presumably, like, again, this is all sort of our speculation or how we're kind of trying to fit the puzzle pieces together, and we'll mm-hmm. find out more later. But DNA. Yeah. Uh, people are really scared about that partnership because their smartphone games are kind of like they make like a Transformers card battler, and they're actually not awful, but they're not what core gamers are really looking for, and certainly not the direction they want Nintendo to go. Yep. So mm-hmm. people saw that DNA partnership and got scared. But the, the piece that they might not understand is that DNA is a platform company. That's what they do, is they have like a single sign-in account. Like It's basically like a, another version of EA Origin or something like that, but for yep. mobile games. And so for them to leverage that expertise and tie that in with sort of a Nintendo account system that does span across all their home and portable consoles, and DNA is like the back the backbone of that. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, Nintendo 
shared this slide during uh, the presentation yesterday. It says they plan to jointly develop and operate a new membership service that encompasses smart devices and dedicated video game systems. And you see your tablet, smartphone, and PC on one side, and their new three-pillar strategy, Nintendo 3DS, Wii U, and the, the NX. And it's all I mean, sort of connected to me, NX, Nintendo crossover. It's awesome. Yeah. The more I think about this, the more excited I get. And, and the more, I'm not, I am not surprised at all that Nintendo shareholders are excited because think about something like Draw Something. Yeah. yeah. That was a huge hit two years ago, and Nintendo did that on the DS. And obviously mm -hmm. they had, you know, Mario Paint even earlier than that. And Draw Something was a worldwide phenomenon. They sold their company to Zynga, uh, OMG Pop. Zynga? No. They, bought, they bought them, yeah. For, they bought the developer for something like $350 million or over $300 million. Like, that could have been Nintendo. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. and, and part of Nintendo's announcement was also to, to stipulate that, hey, those one-hit wonders is, yeah. are not what we want to be. And, and one-hit wonders are a real big problem in mobile games right now, right? Mm -hmm. You get somebody with a hit like that, yeah. and then you can't really invest in them because they probably can't simulate yeah. that hit again. You know who can, though? Nintendo. Yeah. And that's they the know stock. this so much better than so, anybody else. So and that's why the stock went up. I mean, yeah. the investors look at this and go... Finally, a reliable generator of hit after hit on mobile. You put, yeah, that's a yeah. safe place to put your money if you're trying and to invest about, in mobile games. Think, think about all the mobile phenomenons that there have been over, you know, whatever. Pick, you know, Angry Birds or Cut yeah. the Rope or Go Down the Road or even something like Flappy Bird. Mm -hmm. Every single one of these could have been Nintendo yeah. and can be Nintendo in the future. Like, I hope not Flappy Bird. They wouldn't have done Flappy Bird practically like, no, Flappy so, Bird, <laughs> so everybody likes to make fun of Flappy Bird, but I totally played that game and enjoyed it. And it was free. So it's like, how can something that's free that millions of people enjoy ever make Make anyone mad? Yeah, like, no, I, I, well, I mean, I feel like that's like a micro game. So if that was part of a WarioWare. What game, about? Cool. But what if Nintendo did release free micro games? Yeah, that'd so be awesome. what? Like yeah. they would make Flappy Bird made a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. You know, like what if they just had a Skunk Works group of people that had Skunk free Works. reign to make you know a new version of Yoshi Touch and Go or something like that that's either free or costs ninety nine mm -hmm. cents, like an experimental Nintendo lab that has the right to do like NES remix style stuff yeah. on uh, on the on the App Store. That's that's incredibly powerful. Yep, and no. we know they're going to do that because they said also we're not porting our games. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we know they're going to be original mobile games. I read a, a prediction from an analyst today. He predicted we will get a Nintendo card battle game this year. Yeah, I'm okay so, with that. Ooh, that I'm okay me. with a, if it's a good card I mean, battle game. TCG yeah. has got a, a chubby. Yep. I mean, uh, aside me. from Pokemon TCG, which is already yeah, no, like PC. like yeah, I you know people know I love Hearthstone. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can get. A game that mirrors that level of strategy with Nintendo characters, Star like, Fighters. Yeah, launch with Mario characters and have a Zelda expansion, Super, a Metroid expansion, Super Smash cards. I don't mm -hmm. know. That, yeah. uh, and also, the, their first mobile games will be out this year. They also yeah. confirmed. Yeah, that. yeah I, I'm sure that they've Scoop. been working on them for I think a while. I I, I want to go back to that Flappy Bird thing because I'm sure people are like howling when they're watching the video because <laughs> that game got so much crap. But like. The idea of that being Nintendo instead, them being the ones that are putting out these free, simple, you know, I, I like that micro game label. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run away from that. I would run towards that because, yeah. because that doesn't have to exist at the expense of anything else. You know, HD, gorgeous, beautiful Zelda, and a tiny little free, you know, let's have Yoshi running around in an environment, um, you know, or a little Nintendog. Neither of those things have to exist at the expense of the other. They and can they both made, exist. They made that point very clearly, yeah. is that this is a new revenue stream to put it in the most dry, boring <laughs> context. And why that helps is that everybody, you, you, if you've been following Nintendo for years, you might always hear, oh, they need third-party support. They need more third-party support. Well, they're not going to get third-party support on the Wii U, and mm -hmm. it's, it's struggling on the 3DS. Uh, but this is is money for them that makes it so they can continue to make their their regular games. It just, it makes That's what third-party support means. It means that they have 
a diversified way to make money. Now they're trying Amiibo also. They got into the toy market. Yep. They're, they're trying to, to produce just sheer income so they can produce their still awesome games. You all need that and want that. That is very important that Nintendo makes money and is successful or else they won't make anything. I would love to have Yoshi touch and go on my phone. Now, so if they this, want to rip off a bunch of kids, I'm cool with that. That was the this DS launch game where Yoshi moved on his own and you had to draw like paths oh. for him to stay safe. Okay. It was the fir- it was a launch title for DS. Yep. Mm. And it was on across both screens and it was just Yoshi falling for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then at the bottom you, you just go to the right. It's a total <laughs> iPhone game. Now and they this, made it before. And they released it for like thirty bucks. Yeah. This being Nintendo, I, I, we've been talking about all the ways to do this right. Uh, we, should we expect some kind of bizarre caveat to be staple to this at the last second. Uh, Nintendo has a, a, a tendency to do things that don't make a lot of sense to us, uh, particularly when it comes to the way they've yeah, marketed the games the last Yeah, they're going to sell a boat with a D-pad on it, and you're going to have to put your iPhone Yeah, well, it. that's a one. I mean, and is, it won't work with that. Is there something like that? I mean, Nintendo's, that's, that's maybe, the part of this we need to watch out for, is, is that I don't, they're, obviously they're, they're very smart people, but they do some things that are a little you know opaque occasionally. I, I'd like to know sure. uh, what's yeah, coming. I mean, what, if, what if Nintendo made uh, a hardware controller for, to go along with, with mobile? Hmm. Like that, that's a problem that they could maybe solve. Controllers exist that are pretty decent. Um, yeah, I, I haven't they, found they, one that I. They've want been pretty to explicit use. in saying they want to work with the hardware and make games for that. I, yeah, that, I, that would be a little bit unexpected. They're a huge multi-billion-dollar company. They're a Japanese company. You know, I wouldn't expect them to like when I'm, you know, hardcore tablet gamers. Expect you know, I want this to be integrated with Game Center. I want mm-hmm. this to be integrated with uh, with uh, AirPlay. And like, I don't necessarily expect Nintendo to play ball with all those standards to yeah. start with. I'm also not convinced. Another reason that they might have partnered with DNA is to launch you know their own Nintendo App Store. I'm not mm-hmm. convinced we're going to see. Nintendo games on the Google Play Store or iOS App Store at all. Mm-hmm. I think they want to circumvent those stores, you know, and not give up the thirty percent cut. Can you circumvent the App Store? You can't well, the App Store. they can. They can try to find a way. Like, you know, they can have their own Nintendo App Store. Is what they can try to. That do. was the first question I had when I when I heard this was, how's it going to work with Apple? Uh, because Apple is big. Both, you know, a lot of decisions made by Nintendo are Japan centric, uh, which is something mm-hmm. I think we tend to forget about. Yeah. But iPhones also huge in Japan. Uh, and uh, they wouldn't want to ignore that market if they didn't have to. I mean, there's so all I, kinds of ways they could screw this up. Exactly, sure. and I wonder what their that's plan what is. That's what DNA is here to make sure it doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the idea. I, sure I also think, I mean, there, some of their DLC stuff, so so Nintendo has already done free-to-play on the 3DS for There's already games that have energy mechanics that they run out at the end of the day, and then you can buy more, just like all the stuff yeah. that people hate yeah, on iPhones. Rusty's iPhone, Real so. Deal softball. Yeah, yeah baseball. and Rusty's Real Deal baseball uh, had DLC that you could haggle with the DLC seller to change the price of it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't ha- haggle aggressively enough, you yeah. just got charged at a higher price. Yeah, and the Which Pokemon card of, game is the one with the energy right now. It's, it's like really kind funny. of a fun, that haggling is interesting and fun and cute and Nintendo-y, but it's also like it's very strange. Yeah. Like totally. strange that you just get charged a different price like, mm-hmm. than someone else, than, you know, someone else that is more comfortable haggling. Well, again, it's very Japanese walking in and just arguing over the price in a store to get it lowered a little bit. Hmm. That's pretty standard practice. Is that true? Yeah. Nintendo executives have said many times they believe in a blue ocean strategy, mm-hmm. meaning they would rather explore new markets than compete in existing crowded markets. Mm-hmm. So what's surprising about this is that oceans don't get redder, yeah, redder than the App Store. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, there's blood in the water. released every day. Yeah. So much competition. I mean, they kind of don't have a choice. That's yeah. what this boils down to. Like, I think they're doing the right thing. I think it's exciting from a game design standpoint. Again, can't wait to... Like, just stuff on, like, I'm a huge Advance Wars fan, and, like, trading maps online in Advance Wars is, like, a pain. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be on the App Store. Like, if they do it right, they have an opportunity to really remain relevant for another 100 years. Um, yeah. Or at least another, you know, 10 years as long as mobile. Yeah, yeah. Mobile and PCs are like, that's like electricity or internet. I mean, it's yeah. like they just have to u- incorporate this into their plans at this point. It's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's tough to overstate. Nintendo games haven't appeared on non-Nintendo platforms really kind of ever. I mean, there's weird CDI exceptions, but, you know, this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And Mario teaches typing. This is actually, that's the part that actually makes me feel good about this, the fact that they're going to maintain very careful control over their properties because they've, they've displayed that they care about them over you know, 30 years. This isn't Sonic, who's been adulterated out a hundred different ways and a hundred different terrible situations. This is Mario and Link and Samus and, and characters and properties <laughs> that they have demonstrated something close to compassion and reverence yeah. for. Nintendo's um, IP is probably, they probably have the second most valuable IP of any company in the world after probably Disney. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. Because yeah. yeah. Disney bought everybody else. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Disney. And then when they buy Nintendo. then when they buy Nintendo. Wow. I just blew Jared's mind. That's, that's the weirdest <laughs> Kingdom Hearts game ever. I just don't know what to do there. Stay tuned, everyone. GameScoop will continue after these messages. Squarespace is the easiest way to create an awesome website, blog, or online store. It features an elegant interface, sexy templates, and handy 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code SCOOP at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Continuing on with our Nintendo theme this week, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Peter did, who says, greetings from the Netherlands. Oh. The, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. That's hell. Yeah. yeah oh, no, 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 wait, no. That's the, the country nether- in Europe. <laughs> that's the Nether Realms. Oh, right, right, right. No, right, oh, no right. that's Mortal Kombat. No, that's the... <laughs> Peter has a... An, uh, a thought experiment for us. Ooh. He says, I was wondering if you guys would rather see a new iteration of Nintendo console hardware, and he actually wrote this in before Nintendo's announcement this week. Oh. Would you rather see new what? Nintendo console hardware or all of your favorite Nintendo games in glorious 1080p on Xbox One and PS4? So, you, you have to choose. You either okay. get a new Nintendo console or you get Nintendo games on PlayStation and Xbox. What do you choose? This is what I want or yeah. what's good for the universe? No, what you, what you would choose. Oh, I, I, want a new Nintendo, I want a new Nintendo console, and I want it to be wrapped up in all their weirdness. Uh, for all the problems the Wii U has and for all the limitations that the DS had, I love the fact that Nintendo engineers its own stuff. We forget that Nintendo is, is a company with a proud engineering tradition. I mean, the Wii U has you know maybe a quarter of the power uh, of the PS4 or the Xbox One, but Mario Kart 8, for my mind, is the best-looking game of the current generation. You right know what now. would make it even better looking? What's that? If it ran on the PS4 or Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the Nintendo is is very proud of their engineering, and they like those kinds of in-house projects. And I like that they're crazy. Um, That's true. I, I, I really appreciate the fact that Nintendo's kind of bonkers and sees things through this strange lens. It can be frustrating and sometimes it's unnecessarily frustrating but they got every right in the world they're going to keep making their own stuff and to believe that the relationship between hardware and software should be very tight and the people who make hardware and software should work in the same buildings and talk about what they want to accomplish together i think about you know the stories of koji kondo who 
wrote the theme for Super Mario Brothers while he was watching the game go through development. Not after, most game music's written afterward. He watched the game, he went back, he tried to make music that fit what was happening on the screen, that fit the cadence. He wrote alternate versions of it that he felt didn't fit the cadence as well. You know, he's sitting yeah. there while, while this is being done in, in a ROM state on what amounts to you know, machine language programming. That's, I mean, that's not hardware. No, well, at that stage when you were developing games and you were doing it in assembly, it was awfully close. I mean, you had a very close relationship to the hardware. Plus, Nintendo would upgrade their hardware through their cartridges while developing the software. Things like that that aren't possible anymore. I, 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 think, I think it's a valid point. I agree that with SMB, you're a little more separated from it, but not much. These are the same people in the same area working toward the same goal to make it happen. So, Jared, we pick hardware. Sam? So I've talked about this on the show before. In in dark darker times, um, I would have much rather had Nintendo games on a uh, HD console, um, and uh, especially for when when Metroid Other M came out, I was like, mm -hmm. why are we getting this terrible Metroid game on, on Wii? Like it, I just felt so bad about it. I was like, Retro should be making a you know a Metroid mm -hmm. game on anything that anything would be better than this. I don't feel that way anymore though, because as I already mentioned actually earlier in the show. Um, I want Nintendo to make new hardware to make our lives interesting, yeah, and and the, the industry interesting, and to keep everybody on their toes and keep people moving forward. Because uh, if they have another hit like the DS or the Wii, it just turns everybody on their head, and 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 everybody copies them. And I just love that. I love that about our industry that they're the ones that people want to emulate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of of two minds. Um, I think I agree with Jared that I like sort of that Nintendo crazy or that Nintendo daring. I guess would be a more uh, you know generous way to put it. When you can really, really marry uh, innovative, uh, progressive, forward-thinking hardware with software that fully takes advantage of that hardware, you get something that you've never seen or experienced before. And Nintendo is really the only company that seems that interested in delivering on that vision. Um, but at the same time, I'm a bigger fan of Nintendo software than their hardware. I just mm -hmm. am. Like, I like their games more than their game consoles. And so I feel like if they were turned loose to really focus all their energy and talents on just developing, you know, incredible AAA software experiences, you know, that game design, that Zelda Metroid game design, in my opinion, is kind of unparalleled in the world. Um, and just say, hey, that hardware, maybe that was kind of a distraction. Maybe just focus on software. So I'd go either way on it. Yeah. Uh, well, I agree with Sam that crazy Nintendo consoles definitely make the industry more interesting to cover. When it comes to me just playing games and my preferences, the PlayStation 4 is a pretty traditional gaming console, and that's what I'm like happy with. That yeah. would, mm -hmm. I'd be super happy if I could sit down with my PlayStation 4 and play Super Mario 3D World and Mario Galaxy 2 and 1080p. Yeah, I mean, we're all here talking about games right now because we love games, and we don't we we kind of bow out of the console wars. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's I what agree, matters sure. to me in the end is how great a game is, and whatever is going to bring me that game, I don't really mind. Yeah, that much. I mean, really, I'm going to buy every console no matter what. So yep, there being two instead of three saves me, you know, gives me more money yeah. in my pocket to buy more games. Yeah, yeah. My only concern is that part of the way they think about their games is from the angle of how they produce them hardware-wise. And I think that if they lost that, I think they'd be fine. They're brilliant game designers. I have a better example than your Koji Kondo thing. Oh, yeah, there are many better uh, examples. No, no, there's, uh, this is a good one, is that uh, the Wii U was only designed with the Zelda inventory in mind. Oh, there we are. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not zombie. And, and, and I will say the Wind Waker version of that was great, but yeah. I'm sure the next Zelda. I mean, yeah, I can't really, right, going back to the original <laughs> the DS. Use of the you game are pad. absolutely right. I, I agree. I, 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 I haven't seen a better use of it yet. Maybe yeah, I'll come up with something. I know. 
Peter from the Netherlands says, I personally would love to see Nintendo go Disney and make millions of yen and dollars and euros with their software. It would be weird not being able to buy a Nintendo console because of their heritage, but we would all get used to the fact that Sega consoles aren't around anymore. There is we that. all did get used yeah. to that. Worked out great for them. Well, now, yeah, but we got, people, yeah. we got 20 of them in like 10 years. So. Yeah. And Sega, Sega's a very different situation. I mean, when Sega burned out, I mean, they were producing the best software they'd ever made at, at the time the Dreamcast died. They, they were on the top of their game, but they had been, they'd made so many stupid decisions up to that point that their programmers were having to live with, yeah. that when that all fell apart, when they went platform agnostic, that the trouble with organization and with teams that, that they had, the fact they were being acquired by Sammy, all yeah. that rolled around to screw things up. I don't think that's going to happen to Nintendo. The just distractions. Joke, that, yeah. Oh, no, but I hear this, and I yeah, see yeah, it yeah. in the comments sure. a lot. Like, oh, no, they're going to be like Sega, and they'd fail. No, no, not necessarily. Sega was a very yeah, different well, situation with the I business that, got into I made that joke, too, and they are going to be like Sega in that they survive. Yeah, there's that. You have to survive. If you yeah. don't make that decision, even if you're a bad game developer, you have to make a decision to open up and you know be on other platforms, and that's what they're doing. Justin, how do you think this GameScoop fan's name is pronounced? Yenado. Yenado Baloo. That's a cool name. He says, I just read through a review of Mario Party 10 mm -hmm. while taking my lunch break, and Sam Claiborne wasn't totally thrilled with it. That's you. In his summary, he referred to the Candylandization of the game. Yeah, I invented that term. And how it will mostly appeal to youngsters, <laughs> which raises an <laughs> interesting question about reviews with respect to target audiences. If a game like Mario Party 10 is aimed at younger audiences, should, we, should the review curve to accommodate that, even if it isn't the most thrilling thing for the teenage or adult crowd? Movies intended for kids are often reviewed based on their appeal to their intended audience, rather than total market appeal. That's not true. Yeah. Does IGN tend to review games based on knowing its audience that frequents the site is a more teenage and grown-up audience? What are your thoughts on reviewing games against intended audience versus the open field slash everything for everyone approach? I love this question. I talked to our reviews editor, Dan Stapleton, about my intended audience for this. Uh, we have a specific audience that we write to, and it's the people that we'd like to sit next to on the couch and explain a game to. Yeah. That's our intended audience. So uh, I would like to tell you about this game Probably, since considering you're writing into IGN, but not necessarily, uh, you know, a parent to say if this game's safe for their kids. I wouldn't really cons no. consider that in a Call of Duty article. Um, well, it's true. I mean, this is just something that we have to consider. So we have an intended audience to answer that part of the question. The other part is that uh, anything that society produces can be critically weighed on a, uh, a scale uh, for any audience. So I would never want to have us review kids' games because we call them kids' games, and they're for kids because there's an incredible... We're in a renaissance of kids' movies, unlike there has been since the 80s with Goonies and stuff like that. We're right now, with Lego Movie and Pixar movies, these are kids' movies in name only, and we shouldn't even call them that. They're Toy Story. They're all wonderful mm -hmm. movies that apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo... Yeah is the company that makes those games. Right. That's Mario Kart. That's Super Mario right. Brothers. Mario Kart is a kid's game, and New Super Mario Brothers is a kid's game, and Mario 3D Land is a kid's Super game. Super Smash also Brothers. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so, 
So this this expectation that you know things that are for kids need to be judged on a different scale, I think, is kind of insulting to kids. They're like, you know, yeah, what kids they, are amazing. They, they want to yeah. play something interesting, and their parents, if you want, if they want to play with their kids, they don't want to play Candyland. Yeah, they want to play something what, interesting. Like Candyland is really bad. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Super bad. Hungry, hungry hippos, far superior. I love the art in Candyland, though. There's a difference yeah. between Pixar movies and like lesser. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to shame anybody else, but like lesser animated movies, right? Like they're made with heart and care and quality. And work for you know a broad spectrum of people on different levels, um, you know, and lesser movies don't, and video games are the same way. Um, I think it's really dangerous to review things with an intended audience in mind. When I review a product, all I can do is give you my evaluation of how much fun I had. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true too. Um, yeah, because because yeah, otherwise it leads you down a path of like, well, I loved it, but what if who I think this is for won't mm-hmm. love it? It's like you can't you can't do that. Yeah. No, you do try to do them reader service. I mean, you're, you're trying to provide an idea of what your, your value proposition is, what's there. But you're, you're writing so that they can make up their own minds. You're telling them what you think, and you're being descriptive. But you're not telling them what to do. I don't think I get into the value proposition either, personally. I wouldn't say, hey, man, this wasn't great, but it was only five bucks, so oh, that, get that, it. Oh, that, when I said value proposition, oh, my apologies. I'm talking about the ability to go out and spend any money to go get this. Sure. I, I mean, the fact that it's a consumer service. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mean to indicate sure, sure. you would change your score based on the But that is like that. That's a part of this, right? Like, there's externalities, like who you think the audience is for and what the price is. That I don't think. This let is, me. Uh, I don't think should play. Let me give it. you an example of when I talk to our reviews editor when I have an issue. This is this is what came up in Mario Party. It wasn't about the age of the audience. It was about this is the tenth game in a series. I've been following it since the first game. Do I tell the people that have played the other nine games do I, about it? Do I tell the people that have only played one before, which is fine, or do I tell people that have never played Mario Party before about it? The answer is you have to tell everybody about it. Yeah. And that's what's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So when I'm trying to cut down a review in word length, I have to cut out things for certain certain people that aren't going to understand you know, what the game is about. Like I, if, I, if I have to describe the game, which we don't like to do in reviews, then you're, you're already you know, you're leaving out a part of the audience that just wants to hear a description of the game. Yeah. That's why we have video reviews. We want to show mm-hmm. people what the game looks like. Sure. That's a little behind-the-scenes look at IGN reviews and how we think about them. IGN behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then you write it all up, and then Dan takes everything you wrote. <laughs> He's really good. At, you know, 1,200 words to 400 words, no problem for Dan Stapleton. Nope. He keeps the original meeting. That guy is a fantastic editor. Yeah, he's, he's old school. Absolutely. Uh, also, you probably get into strange territory if you're a, a grown and adult reviewing a game, but you don't have kids, you don't have a lot of experience with kids, how can you say what's, you know, how do you know what's going to be good for kids? I mean, that's the other part of it, is like, you know, I said give kids more credit because, you know, they want things that are high quality, but kids also like a huge amount of stuff that I just don't understand and Mm -hmm. don't get, like, you're getting into trouble if you're trying to presume what another group will be into. The only thing you can do is share your experience. Yeah, I go back to that thing of being a kid and playing Super Mario Brothers for the first time and running and telling my parents about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's jumps and there's mushrooms and there's, there's turtles and fireballs and stars Fireworks and blocks breaking. You know, to me, that's the best thing in the world. That means that it's nonsense language to, to parents. That's how we should review games for kids. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm good with that. Um, this email comes from Steve. He says, "I have a problem that many gamers run into, particularly as they get older. Gaming still suffers from the stigma of being one of those childish things you're supposed to put away in favor of getting married, getting kids." And that whole illusory notion kids. of getting a life. I like, I like the idea that kids are something you get. Like, I gotta go get my groceries. This week I gotta get groceries, I gotta go get some kids. It's like I, Link and Zelda 2 when you find the yeah. kid in the cave and you just dun 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 over yeah, your head. Yeah. I, had a, I had a kid just to check it off the box. Yep. 
Uh, Steve says, I love... For one weekend. I love huh. co-op gaming. But I've reached a point where my friends no longer have the time or inclination to game. I'm in my 40s, and it's pretty hard to make new friends, period, which Justin was just talking about, yeah. much less ones that share an interest in playing online video games. Yeah. I've looked around for resources to help gamers find other gamers, but haven't found much. Do you pros at IGN have any insight or advice, or are you just as stumped as I am? Yeah, I mean, two things, Steve. First of all, uh, you know, my wife is my co-op partner. Uh, yeah, she's my life totally. co-op partner. But she's also my video game co-op partner every once yeah. in a while, so don't... I, you know, I guess it's kind of dangerous to conflate the two, but that's like super real, right? Like that's your person that finds someone that's into what you're into and that can help with that. Second thing is just get a job at IGN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's where I wanted to go. Steve, we are literally the worst people in the world to ask this question to. We are grotesque man children that play games yeah. for a living. Uh, so we're surrounded by people who want to play games all the time. Uh, it, it, we don't have to look nearly as hard. It is super um, tough. Be, making friends as an adult, period, yeah. you know, if we leave video games out of it, is just yeah. this weird, awkward, terrible thing. Yeah, it, it is. It's an odd place. Um, there are, th- you know, uh, you have meetups. Uh, meetup groups can be really cool. There, there are internet meetup groups that you can find. They're just people with similar interests and go out and uh, they'll meet in a neutral location where you're not likely to be, you know, harmed uh, in case they're creepy and terrifying. And 40 people that love board games are, are RPGs or something, I'll show up together. That's a good way. Um, at religious organizations, your church, your mosque, etc., that's a great way to meet new friends. Um, I think there's I mean, both games have matchmaking, right? Mm-hmm. Can't you just yeah. play online? Uh, yeah, but he's talking, he wants somebody, you know, he yeah, wants to play. But maybe he wants to like chat with them. He wants to be able to give them a high five. Them. Yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that, exactly. I think there should be a Tinder for Platonic friends. Oh, the Platonic. Platonic. Well, the- platonic. Oh! <laughs> Platonic. They right always there. start that way. That's, that's so smart. That's the the moment I get back to my desk, I'm registering platonic.com. There you go. Yeah. Good thing this isn't a live show. Yeah, it's gonna be like you're gonna find like a tonic you can drink there to get more playful. Somebody's already Man, bought it. Man, that like totally so legit. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like they they have all these services for like dating or like even before there was like Tinder and stuff like that. Plenty of fish. Like people would date. They'd find dates on Craigslist. Like you put a personal ad mm-hmm. on Craigslist during the paper. Yeah. But like, what if you're just a guy? And you're into sports and you want another guy to be into sports with. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you? It's just the worst experience. Like, how are you supposed to? Yeah. There should be a service where it's like, look, this isn't weird. I'm just looking for someone to play some Call of Duty with. Well, if you're looking for several people, the, the old meetup groups do sort of fill that gap. I mean, yeah. they're still out there, and, and I encourage you to look, just you know, Google Meetup, and that'll, that'll help you find some of the groups that do that. But you're right. I mean, it'd be an amazing service, and please go register Platonic. I, I want to find Oh, this. my God. When we were talking about making friends as an adult, I think all of my friends come from just three sources. I think they're from school. You hit the German three. Yeah. Ever, I always do that. Uh, they came from school. They come from work. Or they come from like your your significant other's group of friends hmm. that you adopt. They become your friends too, and like that's it. Do I don't think I have a single friend from anywhere else. Do you guys like not start conversations with strangers in restaurants? No, or, like, no, 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 no. So, so hobbies can maybe that's why we don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm friends with a lot of people through bands, a lot of people through record yeah. collecting, a lot of people through arcade collecting, stuff mm. like that. So yeah, the epiphany that. that I just had in this moment was, man, it's really hard to make friends. And it's like, yeah, Justin, maybe. do you like to talk to people? No, I hate it. Yeah. Well. I, think I, I don't have like a huge circle of friends, but yeah, I, I have make friends just by speaking to people in the places I go. That I would, sometimes I would, works I would out. Never, totally. sp- never speak to anybody. So I keep to, uh, keep to myself. As for finding friends to play games with, there is a subreddit called Gamer Pals. That seems to be, I know Reddit can be kind of weird, but it seems to be a, a fairly friendly place, although. Uh, a lot of the people posting there seem to be younger. They're really in their like twenties. It ain't no platonic, I can tell you that. Yeah, platonic. Yeah, it's good. 
Uh, no, not play Sonic though. No, no, play no. Don't play Sonic. If you're gonna play Sonic, probably just play Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic CD maybe. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, we were talking uh, about Sonic. It's about the only that. good one. Yeah. No, that's not true. It is true. There's no, not Sonic a lot. the Hedgehog is a good game. Sonic, Sonic CD. It's not a Sonic great CD game. is the only good Sonic game. No, it's not, that game is not even <laughs> that good compared to the other three. From the, no, 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 Sonic CD is what, better. Than Sonic. One thing that makes it better. Uh, it's the got, soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack is. The soundtrack better. doesn't count. What do you mean the soundtrack? Because the soundtrack to Sonic is great. <laughs> it sounds like Tin running through a Z80. I don't no, know. It's, it's got yeah. the whole time travel mechanic. Okay, so it's really, the soundtrack really... on CD. That's yeah. what makes it better. That's what make make Ease is a good game because of the soundtrack. Okay. It's, it's, it's got, it's got so three it's versions good, of each the stage, the past, better. present, and future version of each stage. That yeah. was a really yeah, smart that's mechanic. That's too hard to activate. And they're well-designed stages. Uh, Sonic 2 is a better game than Sonic Sonic 3 has water slides. Let me just drop the mic there. It's also got right. that Michael Jackson soundtrack. Ooh, yeah, it does. You're not going to weigh in on this? You don't I wanted to ask, what do you think about Sonic Spinball? Uh, I don't. If yeah, I can avoid garbage. it, yeah. yeah, yeah it's no, hard. Sonic is Sonic is okay. Sonic Two is okay. Sonic CD is pretty Sonic, good. Sonic Spinball, it, I you bought it new. It was famously made in I think six months, so it just was not a well made. And Sonic is one of those series. Yeah. Sonic has never been good, and they tripped us into thinking it was good for like yeah. a decade. Sonic was I don't have a problem true. with Sonic so the Hedgehog. True. I like the flow of it. I like the feel. I like the colors. I like the graphics. I like the sound. I think that game's Red that game is spikes that you get no idea. You I, no I think, way you could know they were there. But when Super I compare it to Super Mario World, I it's night I mean, and day. Not even I mean, a comparison. Not yeah. Yeah. Comparison. So that 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 doesn't mean it's a yeah. terrible game. Though. It was. Pretty, I like a lot of bad games too, though. It was, it was pretty, very it had fast. Good, and it had tricked people into yeah. thinking it was good. And it was pretty, and, and, and the music was good. It's and really it had simple, pretty. comprehensible yeah. controls. Yeah, it's a very it's pretty like game. It's like any brawler, like Golden Axe or uh, X Men or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those games aren't good, but, but they were super advanced and pretty at the time. That's true. And it made everybody love them. The Genesis why they were so much flashier, flashier than the SNES in that era. But here's why I don't think it's good: is that you have these big expansive stages uh, and there's not Damon's any, like please stop talking and there's not <laughs> any reason to go anywhere in them that's right I mean that's, Super that, Mario the World single there's, yeah. reason there's no exploration in Sonic and that's what I like to do in no there games. is exploration it's really difficult to do and and pointless there's nothing yeah. to find when you explore you'll get, you'll get 10 rings or the speed boots yeah, yeah. but Hey, it, it kind of made people go back and be like, oh, speedruns are a thing. Because mm -hmm. Sonic was about getting to, you could also play Sonic by getting to the end of the level without stopping as fast as possible. I don't think people thought about games that way before. Uh, that's a good there point. Are, and you asked why CD was good. The reason CD is good is because there's actually a reason time. to explore. That, okay, that's the difference between Sonic, Sonic 2 versus CD. It's still, is that it's still you hard still have to explore. ex exploratory levels, but at least there's a reason to go explore. There are Sonic Defenders. Uh, and I, there's a game called. Sonic there probably is a game. Is that true? Is that really? Starring so. several of his crappy friends, I imagine. Uh, a lot Let's of talk the, about Defender. A lot of the Sonic Defenders I encounter seem to be British. Because uh, Genesis was much like, more popular. Yeah, in yeah, but Sonic was. was a bigger deal over. In they Europe, also think like Chucky e. Egg is a good game or whatever that <laughs> thing's called. So you know, there's there's that too. Is it Chucky e. Egg? It's that weird egg game. Yeah. Are you talking about Billy Hatcher? No. No. Night Lore. Are you talking about Flicky? Oh no, Flicky's different. Nightlore's okay. Uh, Jetpack's okay. good. Jetpack's Are you talking good. about Chicken Shift? <laughs> Damon, no. this show's gone off the rails. I can no. keep on Get talking back. about chicken yeah, games. We, we Would you like me to keep absolutely. throwing them out? Before we go, hypothetically, I've already asked Justin. Uh -huh. already waited on this. I've asked, we've been asking everyone. Okay. okay. What do you got? What amount of money would it take for you to eat a live tarantula the size of your hand? What amount of money? Yeah. I'm really broke right now, so it would not take a lot. It's furry, um, it's got meaty, like a meaty tarantula. Yeah, can I cook it? 
No, nope. it's got to be it's, it's got to be alive, alive when you put going it in your mouth. into your mouth. I ate a shrimp that way once. Um, yeah, oh, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about eating live spiders at this point. Um, First of all, guess who said that? <laughs> What's that? Who, said, who said what? Okay. I I think uh, I think for right now I do it for a hundred k. Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I think that's all you'd have to offer me to get me to do that, live That's shrimp, what so. you said originally, right? I said a million. A million dollars. No, I'm, I'm I come cheap right now. I need money. So, I guess eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. So does it specific. does it influence you that you're a vegetarian? Yeah, I eat some arthropods sometimes though. Oh, do you? From the that. ocean. Yeah. Oh. So you eat a sea spider. <laughs> yeah. I think I could, I'm terrified. Lobsters of spiders. are just sea cockroaches. Let's. let's How do you approach it? Do you go front first or or? Oh no, butt first definitely. Butt first. I can't eat that what? face first. Oh yeah, because if if but I, then you might get a second bite if okay. you're squirming all around. No, no, because that that sucker ain't moving. I'm nailing its head down as I bite. I mean, it, I'm holding you can't it down. Do that. You can't well, no, do wait, that. wait a minute. I'm I'm holding it right. I got this. Yeah. Thing. Okay, so tarantula bites have been described to me uh, by people who've been bitten by them as being like hit by a hammer where you're bitten. Nah. It's uh, not. You know. It's not that bad. Have you been? Well, no, well, let me just point out that also the hair on a yeah. tarantula is each one of them is used as a weapon by the tarantula. Yeah, so that could be problematic. It's not going to matter what the bite is. That's true. So this this is just a, a no win proposition. Yeah, I've yeah. thought about this a lot, and I originally thought it would just. I envision myself just like sitting and cringing yeah. and like biting it. What I decided I need to do. Is like psych myself up and get into like barbarian mode. Yeah, totally. I need to like scream berserker. at the top, like berserker mode. Okay, I need yeah. to scream at the top of my lungs and just shout and just maybe like even sprint while yeah. I'm doing it and oh. just shove and, them and in and my mouth. Turn yourself into a Dragon Ball Z episode. My theory about the money side of it is that it make that life changing for you. So like, yeah. if you can't buy a house in San Francisco oh, yeah. for as much as your life changing experience is going to be, then it's not yeah. worth it. I think okay. if you psych well, yourself you up in berserker mode, it, it would need that. to be a life changing amount of money. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, the minimum for me. How many yeah. generations of Hatfields would have to be taken care of? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds pretty good. What started, what's the genesis of this question? I'm curious. Oh. Beer. Yeah, beer. probably okay, beer. beer. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, heavy yeah. narcotics might help with consuming the spider. Maybe I was wondering that, too. Yeah, yeah. you got to be sober. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Oh, you have to be sober? Mm -hmm. Really? Well, you do it? So you're just psyching well, yourself up. But you yeah. have to pretend to be sober. You, there'd be no way to tell. <laughs> that's yeah. true. So I'm sure someone in the world has done this. I mean, there's got to be some ritual. Yeah, somewhere it happens on Fear Factor every single week. They eat live tarantulas. Yeah, they eat all kinds of stuff live. I don't. That, want, is, that is that still, still on? Is still no, a show? it got canceled. It got canceled oh, okay. after the. Well, we'll leave yeah. it alone. But in the Claiborne continuity, it remains on the air forever. No, I'm just saying. <clears throat> on, a, on a weekly show, yeah. they've eaten stuff like this live. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And animals were harmed. Viewers, listeners, let us know how much money it would take for you to eat a live. Tarantula. And if it's they 10 bucks, you get to come yeah. on Game Scoop and do it. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yep. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's not true. No. Uh, won't actually allow The that. email is gamescoop at IGN.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at DameZero. Very interested to hear your... I, we've gotten a huge, a uh, very wide range See, of... So one guy was like, $10,000. Yeah. He would do it. I was like, what? Uh, you're going to get tarantulas at a live GameScoop event now. <laughs> yeah, and that, uh, you're going to have to deal with that. Do you want to eat this? The, mm. the GameScoop was in the Arachnid Theater. Oh, uh, there you go. East, so. Anyway, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank, Thank you, Sam. Thank you. This week, I leave you with the remix I just did for garage rock band Soraya. The song is called Love Like Voodoo, and I put a kind of tropical house spin on it. If you like it, check out the band at Soraya.com. That's S-O-R-A-I-A. -A. The Love Like Voodoo single and remix are out now in iTunes. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.